Hey, good morning, Fellowship. Uh, this is Fellowship Online. We're obviously making some adjustments in light of where we are as a culture. Uh, we as a church felt like we wanted to um, basically disband from our campus as a member of this community to minimize the potential spread of COVID-19. So uh, we're gathering in here, just a few of us, and uh, we're going to have a great conversation this morning, and hopefully it'll be an encouragement to you as you gather wherever you are in homes and and groups of of some kind. Um, A couple of mentions that I want to make. First of all, our children's ministry, all of the resources have been sent out to parents. So they have those. Uh, You can access those on Realm and we hope that you'll use them. Sit down with your kids and have an incredible time connecting with each other around uh, the Gospel Project content. And then our student ministries, uh, they're going to be gathering in their small groups. They won't be meeting on our campus uh, either, but they will be hopefully pulling together small group meetings. So we're excited about that. Um, This morning, we're going to take a little bit of a different approach than normal uh, messages. We're going to have a conversation up here And this conversation is really built around this cultural moment that we're in. And uh, as always, we want to come at this with a a heart for biblical understanding and application. So hopefully you'll glean some great things from this this morning. Um, With me up here is, of course, our other teaching pastor, Jeff Patton. And uh, he and I are teammates, and glad that we can do this together. This is going to be great. We're in uncharted waters. No doubt, no doubt. And then Phil Herndon, who is uh, a clinical director for some counseling organizations uh, in Murfreesboro, but he's obviously spoken far beyond our community, So, uh, and also an elder. He's on our elder team here at the church. So, Phil, thank you for joining us up here as well. And uh, I guess let me just jump into this conversation and uh, I, I'm really excited that we can uh, explore this together. Um, it's really interesting to me that for these last several weeks, we've been having a conversation as a church around being uh, deeply rooted and built up in Christ, right? And then also this idea of finding and following the lead of God. And when is that more important than when we're in a season of chaos and uncertainty and there's just a lot going on in our culture. We're trying to make sense of, of how to engage that and how to encourage each other and how to be a blessing. So uh, lots of possibilities for application this morning. And uh, I'm just going to ask you guys some questions and then we'll, we'll interact uh, along the way. Um, so let me start with you, Phil. We're hearing a ton about fear and anxiety, even panic, Right. Uh, I read a statistic that I believe it's just under 20% of our adult population could be diagnosed with some kind of anxiety disorder. So this is rampant. Um, It does seem like it would be important for us to understand the difference between fear and anxiety. And and how would we even know if we've moved out of one into another? You know, that that statistic is... Uh, before the pandemic, so that <laughs> yeah, number is really true. high. That's true. Yeah, high yeah. Now. Uh, you know, and it's normal. Part of, part of this is if you talk about anxiety, you, you also have to talk about fear. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're interrelated. Almost almost two sides of the same coin. And you hear words like pandemic, national emergency, fifty billion dollars, mm. virus, uh, yeah. global shutdown, cancellation, all that kind of stuff. Those we're n- normally 
a human being is going to experience fear when something like that's going on. Those those words are power packed. None, none of them, you know, conjure up pleasant thoughts. No doubt. So it's normal to fear things that are so big like this, and normal to fear things. Period. As a human, fear just means. I've got danger lurking around me or mm -hmm. in my future or, you know, at least I think I do. That's yep. what fear signals like, uh-oh, troubles right. on the front. Anxiety is where that flips over to taking my fear and attempting to handle it on my own. Mm. Um, things like obsessive and intrusive thoughts, sleep disturbance, bad dreams, um, even physical symptoms, sweating and mm -hmm. waking up at night sweating, GI distress. I mean, there's all body aches. There's all kinds yeah. of things that the body will attempt to do to deal with how scary things are. Huh. And uh, another thing, even attitudinally, is a, an idea of scarcity, hoarding things. We, <laughs> we haven't seen any of that, not have at we? all, no. <laughs> I just thought Kroger yesterday <laughs> when you said that. Yeah. yeah. Toilet paper, right? Yeah, oh. it's, it's, it's a real thing. The, the, those things, when, when the body and the mind goes into survival, hmm. like, I better grab all the stuff I can grab right this minute. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so anxiety is a huge deal that, that these kinds of words will conjure up. And if uh -huh. we're not paying close attention to how scary things are to us, how much yeah. fear we have, we will end up locking over into this anxiety place. Yeah, yeah. So it does sound like this idea of being aware, mm -hmm. like having a sense of self-awareness, yes. not self-obsession, right? Right. Yeah. That's great. Okay, so Jeff, I, I didn't count how many times, but I kept coming across this phrase in, in our New Testament, do not be afraid. So it sounds like fear is a normal thing, and yet we're told not to be afraid. So how are we supposed to understand that mm -hmm. biblically so we can apply it properly? Yeah, a few years ago, I was looking at that phrase, and, and there's stuff on the Internet that says there's, the, the, uh, there's one thing that's true, one thing that's not true. Uh, one thing that's true is it's one of the most repeated or the most repeated phrase in all the Bible, huh. some kind of form. The other one... Someone put out there that was there were 365 do not fears in the Bible, <laughs> one for each day. Well, that's not true. Okay, but thank you for just clearing for clarification. That up. <laughs> but when I think about that, I think, you know, if Jesus knew anything in this broken, sin-filled world, mm. he knew we'd be afraid, mm -hmm. right? He, he, he. So it's a, it's sort of a reminder to us. Mm. Uh, it, it's sort of like a parent would do with a child. Like if you've been a parent. How many times have you told your children, come here, it's mm -hmm. okay, don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. You're not telling them not to feel what they're feeling. You're simply saying, yeah. I'm with you, yeah. I got this, and yeah. I think that's what Jesus is, is doing with us. Yeah. Uh, it is a scary p p place, especially when it feels like in the last week or two that you lose control, mm -hmm. and that, that makes it ramp up, I think. No doubt. Uh, I saw... Uh, Lecrae put on Twitter yesterday this quote, we haven't lost control of our lives. We've lost the illusion we were ever in control. Mm. And that's sort of what's happened. We never have control over uh -huh. one breath, right? But yeah. we certainly know who does. Um, the other thing I think about when I think about do not fear is something that I've heard Phil say a thousand times or more, yeah. and that is, Feel your feelings and tell the truth. And huh. in, in, in the sense of, uh, I'm afraid. I feel afraid. And, yep. you know, if you read the Psalms, it seems to be the pattern of the writers of the Psalms. 
where they're writing, oh Lord, where are you? Do you see me? I'm overwhelmed. My heart is faint. Mm. They start there telling the truth to God about how they're feeling, which actually becomes a springboard to turn to him because the Psalms typically end up with, but in you, Lord, oh, I trust, Mm -hmm. right? And um, in the last year or so, this phrase has been applicable in many areas, but it's the very thing we hate to do yeah. is the very thing that will actually heal us. The very thing we hate to mm-hmm. do in terms of telling the truth yeah. uh, uh, about how we feel in this case uh-huh. is the very thing that is the springboard for us to connect in, 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 in some ways even a mysterious way yeah. to who the Lord is, yeah. that he's with us, that, that we're good there. So okay. um, I think that's been helpful. And uh, I think lastly, I was just thinking about this subject, John fourteen twenty seven. Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And uh, one of our worship pastor several years ago gave a sermon that um, uh, Kevin Perry, he said, peace is in a person. Mm. And so it's not detached from, from who Christ is and what he's promises. Right on. That, that's very reassuring. No yes, doubt. Yes. Peace is not in our circumstances or you or me yeah, or yeah, whoever. Yeah. It's something beyond us, right? For sure. So I think we're going to get to a place of, of even more discussion around reassurance, but I want to kind of come back to what sounded like you were saying, and Phil, I'd love for you to run with this. It feels like we've pulled back the veil a little bit on our vulnerability. Um, and so is there a biblical template for us that would kind of say, when you start to see all of that stuff that does scare you, what do you do with that? How do you respond to that in a real healthy way? Yeah, you know, there's that scene in The Wizard of Oz where Toto kind of pulls the curtain <laughs> yeah, back. Totally. Well, this has been ripped off the yeah. <laughs> hinges. Uh-huh. You know, this whole global thing. So, yes, our, our idea that, you know, Jeff's, you're coming about Lecrae, you know, that, that our whole idea that somehow another we weren't vulnerable until this pandemic hit. Yeah, that's exactly. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's not true. Yeah, uh, so it, it really has um, heightened kind of our awareness of how vulnerable we always are. We all know, especially parents, like the phone call at night mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. report from the doctor. We mm-hmm. we know that we get very busy and distracted and all kinds of stuff. And I forget, like, hey, this I'm not any more vulnerable today than I was yesterday in terms of who's in charge. Yeah, yeah. you know, but it just seems that way sometimes. That there's a um, you know, this prophet, major prophet, the guy's prolific, you know, Jeremiah. And uh-huh. uh, a lot of people are familiar with, with the book of Jeremiah, his prophecies with Judah and all that. There's another little book called Lamentations. Hey, all right. <laughs> He's lamenting. Uh-huh. And uh, it is so, such a poignant read about the human condition. Jeremiah's standing in the middle of his beloved city. And he's literally looking at rubble. It's, mm. it's, been, it's just fallen. And so many of us emotionally, relationally, even our own vulnerability are looking at rubble. Like, man, it was so good just a week ago, and now all this crazy stuff. I can't get toilet paper now. Right. What, what, you know, so um, he's standing and looking, and for 64 verses, he is just lamenting, which all that means is just an outward expression of grief. And just okay. a couple of different places. It's in chapter 3. Um, he's talking about himself. He says, my soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say my endurance has perished, so has my hope from the Lord. He's, he's in a hopeless place. He's yeah. looking around and at just rubble, and <clears throat> so are we. Uh-huh. He's really telling ways. the truth. 
Yeah, he's, he's feeling his feelings and telling the truth for sure. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah, I, I, yes. I should have used Jeremiah. <laughs> no, I, I'm fine with it, me. me, me no. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he, it, Jeremiah's just showing how much, how linked um, our vulnerability is with our fear, which can lead us to anxiety. And then embedded in that is almost always this ongoing grief. Like, you know, I wish the world were different all yep. the time. And yep. now I really wish it were different now. Yeah. With all this attention on how fallen things really are, how vulnerable we really are. So it, it's uh, sad. It's, you know, it's a, it's a very uh, seemingly hopeless thing. And yeah. Jeremiah's going to turn later, maybe. But, you know, at this point, he's just now paying attention to, he's kind of assessing the damage like yeah. we all are and going, man, this is, this is serious. Yeah. And in that, he's grieving out loud. I think it's so sure. important. Sure. So I don't know anybody that loves to do that. Yeah. You know, I mean, most of us try to avoid any semblance of lamenting, yeah. but yet it sounds like it's an essential mm-hmm. thing. So what would happen if we were to try and bypass lamenting and try and get right straight to the reassurance or the yeah. peace and hope that we're looking for? Well, I'm a veteran of trillions of attempts to do that. <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, unfortunately. That's why we asked you the question. Because <laughs> okay. well, I'm an expert. Yes. <laughs> That's true. It's kind of true. Um, you know, the psalmist said we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And part of that is we have human experience in this internal world where God has linked up brain and feeling and thought and survival mm-hmm. all in this one body. Yeah. And uh, we take in experiences and we have emotional responses to them. Hmm. From a, seeing, a, you know, uh, Sheila and I spend hours, it seems like, listening to babies laugh, these <laughs> videotapes. You know, we love the experience of that. Uh-huh. And we have these experiences of loss and grief and those can, and fear and those kinds of things. So we're made to have emotional responses. This is a very emotional book. No uh, we have a very emotional Savior that took on human flesh to walk the earth. And mm-hmm. so if I attempt to cut off that part of me, if you've ever been in a swimming pool or the ocean or something, try to put a beach ball under the water, yeah. there's a lot of pressure for that thing to pop right back no up. Doubt. We have these phrases, you know, in, in psychology, we're like post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh-huh. Like after the trauma is over, this stress shows up. Mm-hmm. And what happens is people are trying to, and I've done it, trying to submerge that beach ball. And, okay. and we're so made. It's like that's going to come back up. That's great. And that's what happens if we attempt to do that. Yeah. You know that. Just thinking about that reminds me, um, I was 27, my dad, (laughs) sorry, my dad had just died, had no uh, awareness of my internal world, Mm -hmm. and uh, for six months could hardly get out of the bed, and I was reading a couple books by Henry Cloud, right, trying Mm to, Dr. Henry Cloud, trying to, to deal with this, and I remember he said a phrase, and I just just stuck out to me, hit me upside the head like a two by four, which was a person who doesn't learn to grieve well cannot move forward. Wow. And it was that day that I started to lament or grieve and um, the loss. Yeah. Yeah. And and all that that meant. Sure. Sure. So So, that's great. It feels to me like what we would be doing in that moment is really focusing on bad news but there really is bad news. And maybe if we really get that, if we, if we understand that clearly, it really opens us up to good news, mm-hmm. which leads me to the next question I want to ask you, Jeff. We're a gospel people, or at least we should be. And uh, we can really struggle with applying the gospel properly 
to that bad news in everyday life. We, we focus on conversion, and then we seem to forget how do, we, how do we bring the gospel to bear on those things that we're lamenting. So help us think about that for a minute, just applying the gospel well to our grief. Yeah, I think uh, the church as a whole has done a really good job of looking at the gospel in terms of salvation, mm-hmm. but a really poor job of its implications in our sanctification, right? Uh-huh. And we know uh, a quick reading of the New Testament would tell us that the gospel really does speak to all of life. Absolutely. All of life. And I was reminded of that uh, by a quote by Bob Lapine, the co-host of Family Life yeah. the other day. He said, in the midst of the coronavirus concerns, let's remember that each one of us was born infected with a virus that is 100% deadly. Mm-hmm. The symptoms are obvious and on display most days. The good news is there's a known cure that is 100% effective. So he even, you know, looked at this and tied the gospel into yeah. that. And, and the known cure is the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. And when I think about the gospel, I think if it says anything, it says, one, that we are secure in Christ. Okay. That he is, uh, that he is faithful, and we are faithless. Mm-hmm. Uh, John ten says that those who know Christ, no one will snatch them. Nothing mm-hmm. will snatch them from His hands. Mm. He will be with us always. Yeah. So there's security there. And yeah. then I think there's this other big stake of, of our identity. Mm. Like He says, you were an orphan. Now you've been adopted as a son or daughter. You've been justified as Mm -hmm. if you have no sin. Uh, You've been redeemed, bought back from the uh, uh, sin of uh, being a slave to sin. And it goes on and on. And so the gospel with those two big pillars always, as as we become more gospel mature, as Mm -hmm. we grow in our understanding more gospel centered, The gospel says to us, you really are free to live uh, antithetical to the world, which Mm. means you don't have to uh, have Mm self-preservation. You don't have to have selfishness, right? You don't have to have self-protection. You're actually free to, and it always does that. The gospel nudges us to abandon ourselves. And in a healthy way, sure, right? Yeah, in a healthy way to reach out to those around us. That, and we've been saying that, yeah, to make room for the mission, absolutely, the whole time, right? And yeah. I think our last thought would be that uh, years ago, we, as a staff team, we heard Andy Stanley uh, speak in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and one of the things he said was was really profound. He said, you know, you know, because we can feel. This uh, we feel anxiety about all these needs and mm-hmm. trying to meet all these needs, and we're yeah. not God in any way, form, sure. or fashion. So yeah. that makes it worse. Yeah. But he said, "Do for one what you wish you could do for all." Uh-huh. So my encouragement, is, I think, or even for our body, is to Lord lead me to one or two people, and then go for it who are really hurting. Mm-hmm. I, I think the gospel speaks to all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a, a, one of my mentors from <coughs> from Georgia. So he says it this way. He said, uh-huh. you know, good news ain't good news if they ain't bad news too. Uh-huh. You know, so that we're applying what you're talking about, Jeff, into a really dark place. Yeah. Yeah. Know, truly, truly good news gets seen really, really clearly on the context of what the gospel Absolutely. says. Absolutely. Um, for me, the gospel uh, may be a picture of what that means even in a time like that we're in. Um, 
uh, in the Psalms, you know, it talks about God being a, a strong tower, a safe refuge, a harbor. Those pictures, they do give this idea of reassurance, of security, of strength, stability. Um, if, if anything right now, our, our culture is not stable. <laughs> and we're all feeling that, right? We're all wrestling with that. And the Bible never speaks of humans in those ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those yeah. metaphors That's don't right. describe us, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So there's this... Yep. Yeah. Now, having said that, Phil, I want to come back to you with this idea that we are gospel couriers, mm -hmm. so we're supposed to not only understand it for ourselves, but we're called to bring that good news to the people around us, and that can be difficult, especially in a time where there's a great sense of threat. So how do we do that in a, in a meaningful way um, without being trite, without being shallow, um, but really serving our community with the gospel. Yeah. You know, the, the question in terms of application, that, that's really the question. We know all that's going on. We know what the good news is. What do we do? Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a, um, this idea back in, back in the day, as they say, well, these uh, guys would be porters. And when people would come in late at night, rainy, snowy, whatever, the porter would meet them at the door, bring mm -hmm. them inside, help them get warm and fed and, and uh, clothed and bedded down. And this, the, the idea of that as the body, ministering to the body in times of literal pandemic mm -hmm. is um, it starts way back really in Exodus as far as the word goes. But this is idea of keeping vigil. Huh. Um, scripture says that, that God has kept vigil over his people. He has been vigilant to watch over his people in their That's vulnerability. Great. And, uh, you know, we're called to be, you know, Christ with, with flesh on, you know, human in our humanness. To really keep vigil with one another, it's the idea Jesus asked the three guys, hey, come with me, pray with me, watch over me. Now, they didn't do it. They did what I would have done <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. but they didn't do that. But he asked them anyway, please keep vigil with me. The, yeah. He says to them earlier, you know, I am surrounded by sorrow. Everywhere mm. I look is sadness. This is really heavy. Please be with me in this. And people have different reactions and different responses, but there are people uh, in the body of Christ that are really panicking, really afraid, and maybe, you know, physically ill. They're all, they're children. We are a people who need to keep vigil with one another, and uh, so I think our call is in the body of Christ and to the greater world to to stay alert and awake, and uh, I have read an author who said in this idea of keeping vigil that there are sometimes are things that are so demanding, we have no choice but to keep watch in love. Wow. And we keep watch over one another, minister to one another when, in really dark times. That's, that is beautiful. Uh, another word that came to mind for me was presence, just mm -hmm. practicing presence with people. And that could be inside the church. It could be outside the church. It could be with a neighbor, a coworker, a friend. Uh, but, but literally being present and attentive to whatever their needs might be in that moment. Um, it sounds like neighborliness. You know, like all through the scriptures, we see this idea of being a good neighbor. So, Jeff, give us some practical uh, ideas about how can we be good neighbors, not only in this moment, but in any moment. How can we really be neighborly? That's a good question. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> no, I think a couple thoughts. You know, piggybacking off what you said, I think before we can actually be good neighbors, we've got to 
learn to really internalize these truths in our own lives, mm -hmm. right? We're not going to give away what we don't actually do and possess. Right and, on. and so my thought there is, uh, three or four years ago, I had a, a, a scare and, and it, doctors were saying, you may have some cancer and I was going for an MRI and mm -hmm. I was losing my mind, mm. right? I, I, I had gone to a place that I have rarely gone and anxiety was peaked and you know, what I kept doing with both of you guys and, and others was kept picking up the phone, huh. screaming my need. I need somebody to be vigilant. 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 There you go. I just want to be a village, include everybody. <laughs> That's so, good. And that. But uh, nice recovery. <laughs> what, what was amazing uh, to me is I actually felt better after his phone calls. And it didn't last long. <laughs> But I kept doing that. It kept me going through the yeah. day, right? So yeah. I would encourage people in our body to do that with each other, right. to take the initiative yeah. and ask for help. And I, I just know through my conversations, even a few recently, where people have said to me, I hate asking for help. Mm. And I'm like, you've discovered something about you that's going to take you down unless that changes. Huh. So th that would be the first thing, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think the second thing, just, I mean, just you guys sort of said it, but empathy, right? Just mm -hmm. weep with those who weep, mm. rejoice with those who rejoice. And, and I am, <clears throat> my wife would say, why are you even pronouncing the word empathy? Because <laughs> you're like temperamentally the worst, the uh, most, I'm growing in empathy, but yes, I'll, I'll never be the poster child for it, right? <laughs> And that she would say that too. But uh, having said that, um, what I've had to realize is because of people's stories or their temperaments, yeah. they may feel things totally different than you. Yeah. I, I, right? Yeah. So I need to listen, to be engaged, to ask lots of questions. Mm. You said be present. Mm -hmm. um, so I think all those things, vigilant. But I think the other thing, this is a great chance for our body, for believers as a yeah. whole, to practice biblical hospitality. Amen. We don't have sports to uh -huh. to look at. Uh, yeah. To to my great grief and lament, <laughs> right? I don't know how you make it. I'm just like, thank goodness this didn't happen in the fall. Oh yeah, that would have been worse. With football, way right? worse yeah. in the fall. But I thought, you know what? We got plenty of food in our houses because there's none in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking last night, this is a great chance to ask that neighbor over, huh. cook them a meal. Not entertainment, yeah, right? yeah. but to say, yeah. how are you? Yes. As you fill their belly full of food. Right on. Yeah. So I thought, man, open your doors. Your house isn't your house. My house isn't my house. That's it's right. the Lord's house. Love that. And sometimes we haven't used that. Yeah. I think... In a way that totally agree, yeah. That we can, right? That's beautiful. There was yeah. a on that note. There was a longitudinal study done about uh, what's the most effective counseling method in the world. Like, what do you need to do to practice? Huh. They had a surprising finding. They said it doesn't matter what modality you come from. Are you attached to the person that's speaking to you? Huh. Uh, so the, the the study was scrapped. Like, well, that's not what we thought was going to happen. But yeah. It does speak to what you're saying, Jeff. Like, if, if a person sits across from a person, they recognize this person cares about me. This person's helping me, walking with me, hmm. uh, doing simple things like sharing a meal or sending a text or making a call or whatever it might be. Like, mm -hmm. it turns out all the grad school stuff you learned, 
valuable as that may be. You know yeah. that you learn. That I learn, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of. Um, you know, that it's not that it's unimportant. It's like mm -hmm. It is unimportant if presence is not there through simple things like hospitality and caring. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Larry Crabb, who is a professional counselor like you, says you guys would be out of a job if the church did its job like that. Yes, that is and, true. And, and now, not that I would wish you that on you <laughs> to bring more anxiety. <laughs> Thank you for that, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. But Sorry that, about your job, it, Phil. You, you know, that's sort of the body of Christ, one of its yeah, roles that true. God has ordained, right? That's yeah. true. So yeah. I thought it was interesting. Well, let me wrap us up this way. Um, I can't imagine us being good neighbors without hope. You know, if, if you kind of both said this, but if we don't get it first, it's really hard to give it away. And isn't that the very thing that we need to give people as we kind of go out into this very broken world and that is, is very vulnerable, whether it's aware of it or not? Um, I want to go back to your prophet, <laughs> Jeremiah, and even that book of Lamentations. And there is a message there that... Uh, it has brought hope to my heart as much as anything uh, just about that I've ever read. It's in Lamentations 3, 21 through 24, and I'll read this. And I, I think, you know, Romans says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And, in, and for me, if I am anxious, if I am overcome by anxiety, the only way that changes is if my mind begins to change about what is true. So this is one of those passages I go back to literally again and again and again to give myself a real sense of hope. Um, Jeremiah says, looking at the rubble, the picture that you painted so vividly, he says, this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And then he says, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. So I, I just get this picture of kind of running into that strong tower and reminding myself again and again and again. It, it really is a safe haven for me, um, a place where I can find rest and peace and it may not even look real neat and clean in this life, but someday it is going to be perfect mm -hmm. without sin, without sorrow, without grief, without loss. That day is coming, and that truly is our, our greatest hope, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Maybe that's that thing that we can exchange with one another, that truth, and, uh, and be reminded. Um, go ahead. Well, I was just thinking... One of the things over the last few days that I've been thinking about myself and about others mm -hmm. is during this kind of season we're in, yeah. I think what the church needs to do, we, all of us, is internalize those things. Yeah. That we have to take them from our heads and internalize them mm. so that we actually can experience what we will experience all the time in eternity. Yeah. There is some experience of that in the here and now that the Lord promises, yeah. but it has to be internalized. It can't just be these uh, little Christian bumper stickers. No doubt. In times like these, yeah. they make us internalize them, mm -hmm. or we or we do lose our minds. Yeah, yeah. So, and perhaps even discover our need. 
That's and, right. and in that place, then we start to ask for help and we seek mm-hmm. out some resources to help us grow. Well, <clears throat> going forward, um, as we have been praying, again, the timing is amazing, but as we have been praying you know, for the Lord to help us make room for the mission of God in our personal lives and also as a church, um, I think what, what better way than to think about this moment and hospitality and presence, vigilance, all of those things, and just go, okay, Lord, help me. Uh, I, I may even have some more room than I've had in a long time just because mm-hmm. of the cultural pace. So, Very tangibly. Yeah. Right. So, Lord, help me use this time well. Yeah. Help me make the most of this time so that uh, your purposes, which are much greater than any of our own, um, your, that your purposes can really be advanced. So I, I'm honestly, I, I hate the circumstances, but I'm excited about this moment that we have as a church mm-hmm. to really put into practice what we've been talking about and what we want to continue to be focused on going forward. Um, I, I do want to mention a few things just as we wrap up and then we're going to pray. I'm going to ask some of our staff and elders who are here to join us on stage um, and then we'll close in prayer. So you guys can kind of start making your way up here. Um, thanks, you guys, for all of that encouragement, yeah. input, great perspective. Yeah, we love our church. Yeah, right? absolutely. We, we wish they were here. I think we're going to enjoy getting back together. Yes. Like maybe never before. Right. When we do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully in a few weeks. So. No doubt. Well, with that in mind, um, this was supposed to be Celebration Sunday for uh for deep roots right and we were all anticipating and and we decided there's that a bible verse about that probably the man makes his plan yeah and the, the lord, lord directs his steps yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes um we we really thought it best to hold off on our celebration um until we can all get back together under the same roof so we're gonna postpone that and um which reminds me that if you haven't yet uh turned in your deep roots commitment card you can still do that uh, drop by the office during the week. That's totally fine. Uh, or you can send it snail mail, whatever you want to do there. But uh, if you get that to us, that would be great. And then we are going to celebrate. And I think we're going to actually celebrate a lot more than uh, a facility expansion. I think we're going to celebrate ministry expansion and impact in our city, in our world. We are going to be virtual again next week. So uh, just make plans. We'll communicate through Realm. I, I'd say go to Realm every day just to see if there's any new communication from our leadership. But we'll keep you updated. And uh, next week we'll have plans set to uh, have kind of this virtual worship gathering uh, once again. And then the last thing I, I want to say is let's make sure that we continue being the church even without going to church. And that just means... We're a church of small groups, community groups, ministry teams, uh, mentoring relationships. There's lots of ways where we connect outside of this large group gathering. So keep doing that. Don't back off from that one bit. Send a text. Make a call. Go get coffee. Uh, Let's stay connected in this unique season and practice even some of the things that we talked about this morning. And this is really New Testament church. Without a doubt. Like, this is how they were doing it, yeah. right? So had to. Had yeah. to. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we're, we're praying with you and for you and looking forward to seeing how God 
does a work in the days ahead. I've asked uh, Art Snow, one of our other elders, Art, if you'll pray for us. And, uh, and, then, and I actually just thought of this when I saw you. We, we've got ministry going on today. There's going to be a team that's going to meet here at noon at the church. And they're going off to do uh, disaster relief up in Nashville for the, for the Nashville tornado with Hope Force. So uh, you can pray for that. But uh, let's just ask the Lord to be at work in these days. Good morning, Abba, Father. We, uh, we come to you in a state of uh, chaos, tumult, uncertainty. We recognize that uh, if we see you appropriately, it really does fill our hearts with so much joy and confidence and much more certainty as we look at you, Jesus, as creator, that everything that exists made through you, by you, for you, and that you, Jesus, hold it all together, Mm -hmm. that that wouldn't be lost on us at this moment, in this season, that every microbe is under your sovereignty. That we, Lord, would cry out, Abba, Father, not just in this storm, but in any day, any storm, any circumstance, that we would recognize fear and anxiety, the delusion of control, are powerful weapons. Satan uses, gets inside our heads, inside our hearts, and that we would quickly come to see you, Christ, are the sovereign, and that we are yours, and in that we can take immense confidence. We love your proximity, that the Lord is indeed near, (coughs) the King is at hand. And because of that fact, we don't have to be racked with anxiety, paralyzed with fear. Our hearts can be filled with peace through Christ as we offer thanksgiving in the midst of the storm. There are going to be remarkable things that are happening in this season that will only happen because we're in this season. Enable us, Lord, encourage us. Use us powerfully in our community that we might be a blessing to those uh, in our spheres. Really want your spirit to move in us and through us. Motivate us, Lord. Don't let us be paralyzed. But that you would be glorified in us and through us. It is in the precious name of Christ, and in the power of the Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you guys.